Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for today's episode. Today we're talking about what a manager really does. You might have a misconception about what your role is as a manager or what your manager's job actually is. So let's talk about it. Diana's gonna start us off in this conversation giving us an overview of what some of those misconceptions might look like. As a reminder, we did record this episode, some of us in our office, so the acoustics might sound a little bit different than previous episodes, so bear with us, enjoy the show. We are are so excited and we hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. A lot of managers get promoted because they're really good at their jobs. So then when they're managers, they just try to teach other people how to do their job the way they did it, right? And that's not exactly the role of a manager. Like sure, training is part of it. Yes, you want everybody to do a good job, but like that's not really what they're supposed to do. And I think that a lot of times employees look at it and they're like, what are they supposed to do? And why are they my manager? And why did they get promoted? And then the further they get away from the job that they used to do, the easier it is for the employee to be like, they don't know what they're talking about anymore. Why are they even my manager? They don't get it. What is the manager supposed to do? What's that role? Where's the lanes? How do you tell your manager that you maybe don't think they're doing a good job? Or how do you tell an employee that that's not your job anymore? Good. When I started my first job, which I like to go back to, because just I've got a lot of fond memories in my first job. Uh, I worked in a corn plant. Uh, I was there for about two or three weeks, maybe, when the plant manager came to me and said, okay, today you are the foreman in the mill. And I didn't really know what the mill did. I knew they milled corn. I got that part of it down, but I didn't know the process. The people that worked there had been there for a really long time. And I can remember walking around all day long thinking, I'm an authority here. Like I'm, I'm the boss today. But nobody really asked me on how to do anything because I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know the names of the people who worked in the department. It was not like nobody went and told everybody like, hey, Don's your boss today. I remember getting home the end of that day and I was like, I, I told my wife, like I was kind of excited. I was like, hey, I was the foreman today at the mill. They made me the foreman of the mill. And she's like, what does the foreman do at the mill? And <laughs> I, like, I, I have no, no idea. idea. <laughs> I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I walked around a lot. They had me sign some things. Like they had some forms. I'm not even sure what the mill does, let alone the foreman. Yeah. I don't know what that means. So, I mean, after working there for a little bit longer, what became interesting is I did float around at different departments and they would put, just put us there. But like, if I had trouble with somebody, I was unclear about like, what's my role in that? Like if somebody's not doing their job right, what's my role in that? Am I supposed to tell people to do their job better? Am I supposed to help them with that? Am I just supposed to support them? How much input am I supposed to be giving? How much accountability do I drive into this? And it's, it's really made me think a lot in terms of people that we work with. You have a lot of different 
different organizations where we see people in a similar type of situation. Like I'm in charge of this area, sort of, or we'll talk to people who say, you know, who's your boss? And they'll name, well, it's kind of three or four different people. And it's really, really unclear. Or you'll talk to the manager themselves and say, you know, what's your role? And they're like, I don't know. Help me. Like one day I was just doing my job and they promoted me, but they never told me like, what does a manager do? So we thought it would be a great topic for us to explore that is what does a manager do? What is the role of a manager? Not only, you know, what does the manager do, but how does a manager go about doing the things that a manager does? You know, one of the, one of the number one things that organizations ask us for is leadership development, because, you know, if you've been around people centric uh, for a little bit, or maybe you haven't, you've, you're familiar with the five sets of systems. And if you're not, let me tell you what they are. The people system getting the right people in the right roles, the communication system, is there mechanisms for proactive communication to happen within the organization, the management system. This is leadership development, recognizing that a lot of managers maybe get into that role, Don, like you were unclear of what the role was, but that didn't change the fact that you had officially made it, like you had made it. So how do we then go support those managers with leadership development and teach them to be managers of people? The process set of systems where, you know, are your, are your processes reliable? Are they effective? Are they efficient? And then strategy, get everybody rowing in the same direction, recognizing what winning for the organization actually looks like. So as you might imagine, this topic comes in the manager set of systems and, and organizations really struggle with how do I develop a solid manager of people or a manager of a team? So question is, why do people become managers? What do you think it is in that person that I guess high level, why, why do you think people even want to become managers? Well, that's a good question because first thing that comes to mind is once you become one, the general census like that I, I talk to people. To be anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're like that. I was so excited to get into this position. And now that I'm here, like, this is not as exciting as I thought it was. Yeah. Like, it's definitely a feeling yeah. that I, I get from a lot of managers. It's a personal pride thing that, okay, I've been, I'm really good at my job, but now I'm being recognized for that. So now I get to be promoted to this new position. So that feels really good in the moment, or at least you think it, that would yeah. feel really good. Yeah. So. I mean, one of the, one of those things is like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like this, you, you, you get hired. This is what you're supposed to strive to be is maybe this manager. And I think that partly comes into play there. And so when we get to that manager role, you know, you, your first day on the job, you have this sense of accomplishment almost that you had, had made it whenever really now the learning is just about to start. So now noticing that organizations are, you know, are different, the objectives are different. How would we describe maybe just kind of the, some of the tasks of managers? What is it that they are in charge of doing? Let's say we're talking to people through the podcast now that maybe they just got promoted. They're excited about being promoted. Let's welcome them to day one. Good job. Congratulations. You made it. This is what's before you. Who's got one? Well, you touched on something, I think at the beginning, because you said like a lot of people mix up management and leadership as two different words, right? And, and they really do mean two different things. They're related to each other. We like to say that leadership is really about influence and management is about authority, right? And, and those are different. But, but a, a great tool for a manager is to learn how to be an effective leader. So I think that a good manager is an effective leader. They learn how to influence other people and as much as possible using outside of their authority. There's two ways you can make somebody do something. You can tell them to do it, but then you don't, you know, they don't own the direction. You know, people own what they help to create. So if you can try to lead people in the right direction and cast some direction, yeah. uh, then you can help lead people to do, want to do the things that they need to do, like like help them self-discover, if that makes sense. So I think leadership is one component of being a good manager. And we, we hear a lot of times too with employees just, you know, all over the country that they will they will say not every, every manager is a great leader and not, you know, every leader has the title of manager. That's a distinction that, that we always say, or we ask that loaded question in the room that says, how many of you are leaders? And you'll see that paradigm that those people in corporate environments are in, where maybe it's just like a few hands go up, the ones that officially have the title of 
yourself leader. And then that's a, that's our gotcha. That's our gotcha moment. So if we haven't gotten to work with you yet, just recognize that that's coming, right? So raise your hand <laughs> because everybody's a leader. Um, we try to embarrass people on a regular basis if we can by screwing <laughs> you right. the wrong answer and right. calling you out. Then we could say things like Yahtzee, gotcha. Yeah. Everybody's a leader. Anyway, Bethany, Diana, first manager, you're in the role. What Give us a task maybe of, of what's in front of us. Well, I think you often say that it's now your job to lead and motivate. And I think that motivate part is really tricky. And so I always think about the manager job is like, no, you do have to do the training and do the job job, like the task, but that lead and motivate yeah. is the, the hard part. I think some people are disillusioned that whenever they get to the managerial role, people will all of a sudden start to listen to them because after all, I am yeah, the manager right. and they forget yeah. this whole creating accountability and creating buy-in and motivating people to want to do better. Can I, can I try to use, you know, a, an example and see if this makes sense? But I immediately thought of Barney Fife and Andy Griffith. I immediately thought of Barney Fife because Barney Fife is the deputy and, you know, very, very, uh, he is the manager. He is a leader and he is, he is very into making sure everybody knows that he is the leader. Whereas Andy Griffith is actually the, the sheriff and he'll actually even walk around and make people think it was their idea to do the right thing. There's those difference in, in the way that they are leading. Some managers that we deal with, they do seem to put their pants on like a Barney Fife, maybe as I have, I have made it, I have reached the pinnacle of my career. I am now the manager of this group. And now I'm going to make sure that everybody does the right thing. Whereas some people are going to work recognizing I might not have all the answers, this idea of leadership versus management that Don was talking about too, and motivating people. Typically when Andy Griffith talks to you, you just want to do it because all of a sudden you think it's a good idea, not that he's forcing you to do it. And I think that's a skill set too, Diana, that you were talking about the motivating, the motivating people. Nip it in the butt. That's a Barney Fife. We watched Andy Griffith show. It's been a while. It's, but been, I it's, have. On, it's on Netflix. Everybody's homework is to binge watch it. I like when you say like it's been a while since so I watched Andy Griffith. Like you watched it like it was actually when it was actually <laughs> when on. it was on. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty years ago, like yeah, I used to watch it. I used to catch it. But I, I think it was on Nick at Night when you I was know, a it's kid. It's on every afternoon, every evening. Yeah. I yeah. that. I didn't even get the reference until you like further explain. So dark difference in leadership styles, even yeah. though they're both managers. Yeah. I was going to say, and you touched on it with the motivation side, but just holding people accountable. And that's something we were just talking about before this recording as well, that holding people accountable as a manager is very difficult, especially if they were just your coworkers before that. So how do you begin to hold people accountable that were that are your peers um, yeah. and now you're in this new position and maybe they are not doing something well or they're acting, you know, out in a certain way or whatever. And having those conversations um, is your responsibility, but it's really difficult. Yeah, that's a big one. I know another one is pro like the focus on the process side of things like, like yeah. most a lot of times people say like, I don't have time to do those things that we just love sit out because I, my other role and that other role is important. And it's like the process side of what you do. Yeah. You know, I, the most work, most managers are working managers. They don't get to just sit back and only do the things that we just laid out. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to acknowledge, like, you still have to know your process. Like you do have to learn over time what the mill does to be an effective leader of the mill, right? So that you get at least talk in context with people, but you don't have to know everybody's job in super detail, which I think is a, is a trap that some managers fall into, but yeah. you have to know the big picture of the process at least. That's true. And, let, and let's say, you know, again, today is your first day on the job. You're the manager of this new team of people. You're excited because you have made it. Now recognize the team that you have in front of you. You have a population of your team that is just disengaged 
engaged in the job in general, right? They're going to work and they're going home. You have a population of individuals who are super engaged in the job, which is lower than the population of the disengaged people. And then you have a small pocket of people that are just out to wreck it. They're called toxic people. Oh, and by the way, 70% of those disengaged people, somebody 70% of that disengagement is done by people like yourself as the manager. And they communicate differently and their personalities are different. And we still have to figure all that out and get work done. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this picture is a little bit different now. Um, you know, we, we talk to organizations a lot who promote managers because they were very good at their job. And now they want to go and lead and motivate people. Diana, kind of like you were talking about, you're very good at your job. I want you to go over there and be good at your job also and make sure everybody else does it, uh, does it that way as well. And it's kind of a daunting task. You know, we've talked about the responsibilities, uh, you know, that a manager might have the day-to-day -day duties and things like that, but you have to balance the people and the emotions. It wasn't very long ago that we, we were able to work with a company that promoted somebody to be a manager of people. And six months later, she asked for a meeting that said, I want to just go back to doing my job. I don't like the people side of it, you know, and whether that's if everybody would just do it the same way that I need, you know, that I would do it, or if they would do it as well as I would do it, or in the same process as I would do it, you know, sometimes they just want to eliminate the people side of whatever that job looks like. Uh, and so these are all the things that as a manager I'm faced with. So what are some tips that we can give to managers maybe to help? And let's talk about this maybe in a way of leadership style. So leadership styles might be an authoritarian, democratic, laissez-faire. Let's talk about these different styles of how to potentially lead a group of people. Authoritarian, somebody described like a leadership style of an authoritarian. How what would that look like? I'll do it. I'll, let me tell you, explain the authoritarian style. <laughs> let me jump into this because I've got the best approach for this. And then uh, then you can do laissez-faire and then you can do that other one. And that's what we'll do. Well, that's what we'll talk about. So that's kind of the- I want you to tread lightly because I am an authoritarian <laughs> by nature okay, and you tell them what right I now you are hurting my feelers it's not next, really <laughs> next podcast why are authoritarians jerks okay go let's finish <laughs> <laughs> no it's funny we're, we're we're painting that there's moments to be an authoritarian right. yeah. that's really important but yeah authoritarian is just go do this i need you to go to this go to this go to this and when you're done bring it back to me yep. yeah so what about if that's the authoritarian let, and we don't want to paint it with a negative light either right there is a time and a place so what would an example of a time to be an authoritarian manager be in a foxhole yeah i think when things are going crazy or the building's on fire or there's high stress or a pandemic, a pandemic yeah. right it's it's probably good to have those yeah. people who are like go do this go do this go do this yeah back. i'm a doctor in the patient flatlined okay who thinks they have a good idea on what we could do next let's talk a little <laughs> bit about some different options here get it on the table yeah, you know. right right in times of crisis or pandemic or something you know we maybe maybe even after we've gathered the information. Now we need to make a decision. Might be a good time to be an authoritarian leader. Another leadership style we talk about is a democratic leadership style. What might that look like? Don, what do you think that looks like? <laughs> I mean, I think that if we all, yeah, I think if we all put our thoughts opinions. together, yeah, if, let's just gather everybody's opinions on that. Maybe we could yeah. collaborate and figure out what that all looks like. Like we could decide that together. I don't want to decide that on my own. That seems, you know, I want to hear what everybody has to say about this before yeah. we put something on, on paper. Bethany, do you think we're, we're on the right track here? Yes, I would agree with all of that. <laughs> 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 so far. 
Good. Great job, everybody. Good job. Not robotic at all either. I like it. All right. So Democratic is also, you know, there's positives and negatives to both of these. When might it be a good time to be a Democratic manager? I think when you're trying to think of some, a new direction to go, like if you're like, we may need to change something like more complicated problem, maybe something that requires some cross-functional input is really good one. I also think when it's uh, like a high performing team and the, the team has been in the yeah. place for a long time and, and they know their job really well, they can kind of step back and be like, I want everyone's input because you all have done it all a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, you were talking about motivate. Part of the manager's job is to also motivate and create buy-in. You know, that's a great time to also wear that democratic hat. Typically, if I'm trying to motivate and create buy-in, being an authoritarian leader might not be the best opportunity uh, there to create what? buy-in and engagement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Maybe. buy-in of that. But leaning into be that engaged. even more. Yeah, be yeah. engaged, engage, engage. Do it. <laughs> this is like this any. is the part. This is the part where we talk to organizations or, or leaders, and we're and we always use that line: you can't make anybody do anything, right? You can't make somebody do something. And you always have somebody in the back of the room, Diana, that's going, you want to bet? Like watch, stand back and watch this. They'll do it or they'll get fired. Well, I don't know what type of engaged employee you have. I think you're missing the point with that. So, you know, democratic leadership might be one of those. I'm trying to, I'm trying to increase engagement. I want people to participate. I want collaboration. I might have a couple of ideas of where we can go. Let me just kind of pull the audience. I'm going to make a change that might involve a couple of different departments and, and lines of business. Let me try to engage them and see before I just make a decision. Uh, so the democratic leadership style there. And then the last one is laissez-faire, as you might imagine. So laissez-faire, what, what, what does that look like? I'll answer this one since they got the other ones. But <laughs> the laissez-faire leader is very laid back and they're hands off with things. And they we don't really know why. Maybe they just really trust their people. So they're like, they've got it covered. I don't, gotta, I don't have to worry about it. Or maybe they just really don't care. I don't know. <laughs> I, I figured if I didn't say anything, you'd answer that. Yeah. I just knew, yeah. I knew somebody was talking about something. I knew somebody would do it. <laughs> you know, and, and what's interesting about this one is is a lot of people have a hard time with this laissez-faire approach because it looks like for crying out loud, you're not even managing, but you are when you're being laissez-faire. In fact, there's a time and place for a laissez-faire approach too. When might that be? Well, to the point that I was saying earlier, if you have a highly skilled team and they really, you know, they have a lot of experience and everybody is on the same path and they have clear goals, then you don't have to do a lot. You know, I think you keep those streams of communication open, but otherwise you're just going to be in their way, you know? Yeah. I, and, and again, I'm glad that you pointed out, man, if I have a strong tenured team that, that requires, you know, little supervision like that, maybe a good opportunity to do some things laissez-faire. Although whenever it comes time for your annual review, I'd probably not use the line that Bethany just did of like, I didn't really have to do much this year at all. I really didn't have to do a whole lot. So talk yourself up a little bit, but the laissez-faire approach is pretty good. If you have a solid team, if I don't have a solid team and I'm going with a laissez-faire approach, then it might be kind of a train wreck, which, which gives us this idea of there's not one style better than another. Some of us naturally lead in a certain style, but I think a good manager also recognizes time and place. It's kind of like, it's kind of like communication and open and closed into questions, not one is better than another, but there's a time and place to be able to use them to get the desired outcome. So, you know, where this is difficult and we don't need to spend a ton of time on this, where this is difficult is recognizing I'm typically an authoritarian leader. Man, how do I step outside of myself and try to engage these folks who might not respond well to that all the time or, uh, you know, or for the desired outcome. So, you know, if you'd like more information on that, we could probably do a whole nother podcast about, about that style and, and what that looks like to those traits of leaders. But, you know, so we have these different tools at our disposal. What 
if you are the employee and you feel your manager is not doing it well, maybe you've been listening to this and you're going, my manager isn't doing it well. Is there ever an opportunity that an employee is able to give feedback to their manager about their leadership style or their management style? I think, you know, what's funny about that is, yes, there are usually more opportunities and employees give themselves to be able to do that. They're more likely to do it the more effective your style is already. Yeah. Like like a manager who is all authoritarian, you always tell, I mean, we, we have an idea of who's approachable, who's not approachable. But I will say, I think more employees make the mistake of saying of underestimating how approachable their manager really is. I also think that sometimes employees, when they bring it up, have to be careful about how they bring it up. If they bring it up about it's all about me and I think that you're not doing things for me very well versus yeah. like the team or the company or like, hey, I'm trying to help the company and here's some ways that maybe we can help. Like, what can we do together? Uh, I think there's some different ways that, that you can bring it up and be more effective that makes it a lot more digestible for a manager to get that kind of feedback. It's, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? The the approach of maybe how, how that comes across too. So recognizing this as we, as we kind of move towards our quick tips here for uh, managing and what that looks like, but, but recognizing that, listen, it's, it's a hard job being a manager, being a manager of a team that is motivated and eager and efficient and engaged. That's a difficult task. So recognize what it is that you're signing up for, but what are some quick tips that you would have, maybe a tip uh, that you would have in order to be able to be an effective manager? I'm a big fan of situational leadership. So recognize what is happening in the current situation and the people People you have on the field and cater your management style towards that. If it's a high performing team that's been in place for a long time and you're doing the same thing you've always done, let them do it. If it's a, a new product and a new service line or something, be democratic, yep. create that buy-in. If it's mass chaos, go authoritarian, right? Like recognize the situation that you're in and cater yourself to that and those people. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. I would say follow through is a really big one for managers, whether that's in the good things and the bad things, follow through, do what you say you're going to do. And if you don't make sure that you're having a clear conversation with your people about why you didn't follow through on that thing, because people will take advantage of that and, and your lack of follow through on the good decisions and the hard decisions too. Yeah, that's really good. I think my tip would be don't answer all the questions. Sometimes you may know the answer to the question. Sometimes it's better for you to ask questions back to help your people answer the question. I love that one. That's good. I would say that uh, recognize the rules of the game that you're playing and make sure that your employees know the rules of the game too. How are you gauging their performance? What does that look like? And then make sure that you have an ongoing communication so that they are aware of how they are doing with those rules of the game too, as you're, as you're uh, going forward. So managers, you know, difficult task, super appreciate the, the solid managers that, that I've had. Diana, I know I gave you a hard time, but you, you know, you're a great boss. Great. Um, so Aww, thanks, you're welcome. So follow us for more. So you were really good at your job and now you are a manager, but you might feel lost about where to place your priorities. Is it on your normal job tasks or is it the people that you're managing? Well, you have to keep doing your job, yes, but here are some takeaways for how to actually manage people. One, lead and motivate people. Don't expect to automatically um, get everyone to just do what you say. Take some notes from Andy Griffith, as Matt pointed out. Help people discover the solution so that they think it's their idea, not yours. 
Two, hold people accountable. It's hard, but it is your responsibility. Three, know the big picture process. Don't feel like you have to know the details of everyone's job right off the bat. Next, what leadership style do you usually fall under? Think about when you should flow in and out of each style. Five, follow through in both the hard consequences and the positive things. Six, don't answer all the questions as Don said. Ask questions back to the employees to help them discover the answer. And then last, know the rules of quote unquote the game. Make sure your employees know the rules of the game and how to be successful too. So that looks like understanding the mission, vision, and values of the organization and making sure there are clear goals established for you yourself, but also for your team. Hey, if you're an employee and don't feel like your manager is doing well, don't underestimate how approachable your manager might actually be. Have a conversation with your manager, but make the focus less about yourself and more about the team and be willing to ask how you can be more helpful for the team and the company with your manager. Also give grace to your manager. It's a really hard job. Thanks for joining us for the conversation today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow all of those different things and share our podcast with your friends and coworkers. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.